Welcome to Fringe Element here on the 440 Sports Network. My name is Braden Gall, and you can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. Mine's Aaron Dugan. You can follow me on Twitter at the Aaron Dugan or Instagram, Aaron underscore Dugan. Why are you looking at me like that? I was just waiting for you to get finished so I could tell everybody to go to the YouTube page and subscribe to our YouTube page because Aaron and Puff Daddy Combs, Young Sean, Sean Davis, what do you call Young, Young Sean P. Diddy Combs, McDugan. McDugan. Um, Seth McDugan, McDugan is putting all of these episodes up on the YouTube, doing a great job. And we may have some cool stuff planned for you guys in the very near future. So make sure you're checking out the YouTube page as well. Aaron Suttles is going to be our guest, of course, covering the Alabama Crimson Tide, our Alabama State of the Union. We are back talking football, State of the Union with Aaron Suttles from The Athletic, pay for good journalism. Uh, and of course, he's covered Alabama, Aaron, I don't know how long, like forever. So uh, had some interesting things to say about Nick Saban, when he's going to retire, how good this team could be, how good last year's team is, their areas of weakness. And of course, I asked him, 11 and a half wins for Alabama over under. He gave me an answer, which is going to be our primary topic today on the show. We are going to go through all 14 teams for you, and we are going to tell you which team over under on win totals that have been put out by Vegas. Aaron will give you her answer. I will give you my answer. You do with those answers what you will. That's what I'm saying. And this is a gigantic game of Tetris, by the way. You don't think it is until you really get into (laughs) the weeds of it. And then you realize that we played around a lot. I tried. I like, I used every ounce of brain power I had on this. So we'll see how it goes. You And and this is a, and she's a big quantum physics person. So just keep that in mind when you hear her talk about ounces of brain power. I'm um, an academic elitist. She, well, you're, you're, a, you're many different types of elitism, but it's fine. It's okay. Um, <laughs> so, so um, also we will give you at the end of the conversation, I have three teams that I would put everything I own on that I feel extremely strong. I just so strongly. I feel the guy who will, won't bet over $5, but okay. I have bet tens and twenties of dollars before. Okay. Remember when I won $700 on a five-way parlay? Yeah. Have you won one of those since? How'd that go? Oh, I didn't bet one since because this is this. See, for, for those of you who need some gambling advice, Aaron has just stumbled on the greatest piece of gambling advice you can give anyone in the world. Which don't is keep trying cash out <laughs> cash know when to quit no, yeah literally literally know when to fold them and walk away that's what you yeah. gotta do when you win uh, 700 on 50 you just gotta know that was a 50 dollar five-way Actually, i don't know i think i might have done 20 i think it was less than that because i would have yeah, told it you taken that to yeah it was probably less than that well you, i'll look you, it up later if you are a human being putting 50 dollars down on five-way parlays routinely i don't think you, i did you have too much money that's i'll it. confirm <laughs> no it had to be less because i five ways i would have won a lot of money so so gambling win totals 2022 every team in the sec and our best bets of course at the end of the conversation then aaron settles a little bit later on however of course let's remind all of our wonderful folks who are listening and watching on the YouTube page. By the way, just click all the buttons on the social accounts, the YouTube account, uh, Aaron on Instagram. You could just click all the subscribe buttons. Just do all that stuff. All the things. We here at Fringe Element are brought to you by the wonderful and amazing folks at... Jaspers, the only bet you'll always win. Oh, I like that. Thank you. that. Timely. You tied it back into the show. Excellent excellent work there. She's on her toes. She's quick. She's fun. (laughs) Oh, I feel like there's a 90s uh, like alt rock song in there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. 
somewhere. Uh, go to Jasper's. The parking is free. The food is amazing. They do have four top hospitality, of course, is the folks, the wonderful folks who put on Jasper's here in Nashville. If you're in Nashville, go by. It's, it's a great place to go hang out, watch the games. They got a game room, uh, which is free, by the way, equally as free as the parking. But they also have tons of locations all across the southeast. So if you're in Jackson, Mississippi, if you're in Memphis, if you're in Huntsville, it, you know, all over the place. Uh, I think Flowood, Mississippi, by the way. So check that out. Um, they got mm-hmm. a lot of cool restaurants all over the Southeast. I think 13 locations. So make sure you check out Four Top Hospitality. And if you're in Nashville, Jaspers, for sure, go check them out. So they would probably appreciate some new patrons besides us, because as most of you know by now, um, we can get old pretty quickly. So I don't Jaspers, I'm about. sure, would appreciate um, some people that aren't us. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, so anyway, uh, ga- ga- gambling on. <laughs> It's all right. I get tired of, I get tired of myself around four 30 every day. It's fine. Um, okay. We're going to go through, as I said, all 14 teams, we're going to do the East in a little while. We're going to start with the West. I, do you have any gambling advice for folks? Cause I do think that when you look at these win totals, we'll give you our picks for every single team, Yep. but I would argue, I don't know about you, Aaron. I would say there's probably four or five or six of these that I would not even think about putting any money on just $0. I mean, you can tell just from the line on some of them that, you know, that's probably not smart, but I would agree. I only have maybe, I only have three that I would feel pretty confident putting money on. I have four. Or that I would recommend to somebody else. I wouldn't screw other people. I'd screw myself. How about this? We have to put money on the, the ones that we are calling like our quote unquote best bets. That's fine. That. You know, I ain't scared. What if we actually put money on it? Well, and we'll, That's fine. we'll show you the receipts. Yeah. We will bring receipts to the show and we will show you the receipts, but only on YouTube subscribe. So <laughs> there you go. Here, here you go. There it is. Let's start in the West. We're going to go from top to bottom. This is all from WinBet. Uh, I will give you the DraftKings. There's some of these I'm sort of crossing over here with, with uh, the different services. Uh, DraftKings will, I will give you the national championship odds. And then WinBet will give you, uh, of course, their win totals, which they're the first book, I think, to put these out. So, all right, Alabama, 11 and a half, plus 200 on the over, minus 250 on the under, 11 and a half wins for Alabama. And before you answer, it just occurred to me that you said, yeah, it's like putting a puzzle together. You can't just take the over for Bama, A&M, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Arkansas, and LSU. (laughs) It doesn't work like that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not how scheduling works no it's very true no you cannot just do that um if you do it will not serve you well monetarily okay alabama 11 and a half and aaron Suttles will give you a very definitive answer to this later where are you going under have them winning 11 but it's hard there's a couple times throughout this process i'm like i know this is the number but i don't really know how for sure that they get there because there's multiple options of people you could lose to or win against whatever for me this the most obvious is texas a&m i just don't see this alabama team going through unscathed although it is very possible i am not too naive as to think that is possible but i went with them losing a&m in losing to AM in week six. And if AM doesn't do it, um, I've had question marks if somebody else will later in the season, but they're the only viable option. I will also go under, but I think Alabama will win the national championship. They are plus 200 to win the national title. So they are equal. <laughs> they are equal gambling odds to win the national championship as they are to go over 11 and a half wins plus 200 for both of those. 
which which of course they're number one in in the entire country to win the whole thing according to the odds. So I, I I'm not picking them to lose the AM game right now. And You're we're not. going we're going through this process at Athlon where we have to actually literally predict each each game to sort of figure out our magazine like record of finish or whatever. Now let me guess. Okay. Dead air is not a great thing for a podcast. You know what? Thinking is is a good thing for a podcast, which we should both try. Um, Technically, you are correct that thinking and opinions evolving in real time (laughs) is a big part of the podcast. Cut it out and post. I'm over your ass. No, you're good. Um, Mrs. Wouldn't it be crazy if they just blew it to Auburn and they're not even that good? Um, Mississippi State. Is that who you picked? I didn't pick a specific game on this. Oh, you didn't. Okay. That's I, I what I was trying to guess. Because the AM game is on the, is in Tuscaloosa. And there's some revenge factor there. And I think AM's good enough to beat them. I think you're right that it's the toughest game on their schedule. But when I look at the totality of the schedule, which is a full of a bunch of really good teams, and we talk about this with Aaron a little bit later on, and the idea that just going undefeated is incredibly difficult. It's just very, very hard, in particular in the SEC. I just think the safe bet, even though it's minus 250 and you're not getting great odds, I just think the safe bet would be under 11 and a half. So I don't know if it's Ole Miss. I don't know if it's Arkansas. You know, I don't know if it's A&M. I don't know if it's LSU even. I just think 11 and one is the bet versus 12 and 0. But mm-hmm. that's just that's just sort of my logic on that. I hope you define some of the other ones. Okay. I want to know. Okay. Uh, Texas A&M. Nine wins over under minus 125 for the over plus 105. So you get better odds on the under and they are plus 2,500 to win the national championship, which is uh, number three in the sec by a large margin, both directions. Um, so nine wins total for Texas A&M over or under. This was a tough one for me. Yeah. I went over with 10 wins. It's really, I, I was looking at this. I'm like, this could be, they could win eight games. They could, could win 11 games it was hard to nail that down, but I did go with over 10 because of, let's see. Well, you, if you have them beating Bama, then I would take the over on nine wins a hundred times out of a hundred. If you That's think they're going to go into Tuscaloosa and win, which, which is part of the calculus. It don't not all have the to be mutually exclusive. Yes. Yeah. yeah, I agree. So I, I think Texas A&M will get there because all they have to do to get there is beat. They have to beat. Uh, either if they don't beat Bama, they have to beat either Mississippi State or Ole Miss. Those are the next two closest battles to me. I think they can pull one of them off. Yeah, I, I like the over as well. I have the over on this one, which again is is minus one twenty five. So I'm used actually, to agreeing with you this much. Well, I'm sure we'll disagree at some point, but okay. I, I I think the standard response to those of us who are let's say hyping A&M, which I'll, I'll put my hand up and say, look, I'm one of them. I think A&M's I'm hyping be, A&M. I too. think A&M is going to be great this year. I don't know how great, not Alabama great, but I think they're going to be great. And the, 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 the common comeback retort to that Dukes is, well, they couldn't even beat Ole Miss or Mississippi state last year. Like how good could they be? And I, my, I think they're way better at quarterback. Yep. Go back and listen to Billy Lucci's interview with us a couple of weeks ago. I think they're way better at quarterback. I think they're deeper along the defensive line. I think they've got just as many weapons and I think they're, I think the offense is sort of going to, I think they're going to up, they're going to go down the field a little bit. So I just look at these other teams and why I like a lot of them, I just think A&M's better one to 85. And I think they will correct some mistakes that took place last year. It doesn't mean they're not going to slip up twice. And if they do 
10 and two is right there. Right. I don't, I don't see them slipping up four times. So I, I, I would take the over. I agree. And Mississippi state is, I believe between those two is going to be more likely to give them a run for their money. They're both have a, um, a lot of returning guys. Obviously we know what Ole Miss looked like last year, but they had Matt Corral. So, you know, they're missing that very, very key player that nobody can argue with. And for Mississippi state and Texas A&M, I both feel like they're, they're not having these, they haven't had major retractions in the past couple of years. They've just been adding things and getting better. So those, that to me is going to be a good matchup with upperclassmen leadership and just experience on the field. And I have a feeling that if they fall to one of those teams, it'll be Mississippi state. I agree with you on that. I would have, and Will Rogers went in there and threw it all over the yard against them in college station. They got pushed around by Arkansas along the line of scrimmage pretty badly early in the season. But again, Zach Calzada's like second start of his entire life. And I think they're better at that position and they get that game at home this year. Also, that's been a very strange game, Arkansas and A&M over the course of the years. Although they play in, they play in Jerry world most of the time. So if this was nine and a half, I would take the under, I think. I think I would take the nine and three, but the nine and three here is a push. They got to go all the way to eight and four. I think they are more likely to hit 10 and two than they are to hit eight and four. And Vegas technically agrees with us. So, yep. All right. Old Mississippi minus 110 on the over, minus 110 on the under. So, Vegas has no clue what they're saying here. Right. Eight wins total for Old Mississippi. Where are you going, Dukes? I went over. Wow. Um, yeah, I know. Tough, right? I, ooh, sorry. You okay? Yeah, just got a lot of papers going on. I didn't know they could make that lot of a noise. I can get them to nine wins in my head. I don't see, um, so what I, what the ones I was unsure about were Texas A&M, Alabama, and Mississippi State. Um, okay, okay. However, Ben Kentucky was in there too. So those, so if they lost all four of those, that would be them getting to eight wins, which is what Vegas thinks. I do think it's, I think it's possible. I I think it's probably, maybe it's controversial to say this, but I feel like Ole Miss is going to pull off the Kentucky game with the momentum that they have going on at the beginning of the season, which could put them at five and oh. And I think that they'll already be bowl eligible by the end of the season and lose the egg bowl to Mississippi state. I am going under. You are. I am. Okay. Now, I think you're right in that the beginning portion of this schedule sets up very well for Ole Miss. Again, go back and listen to our Neil McCready interview where he said they could be 7-0 and and then 0-5. Mm-hmm. Because here's what, here's what concerns me for, for Ole Miss. At LSU, at A&M, Alabama, at Arkansas, Mississippi State. Yeah, that... That's that, tough. that last five concerns me. Now, if you believe in Jackson Dart and all the different changes that have happened in this, like they're going to have to revamp their coordinators. They're going to have to revamp the defense. They got to find a new quarterback, all these things. They're in good shape as a program. 10 and two, I get it. And their schedule, you know, <laughs> Troy, Central Arkansas, Georgia Tech, Tulsa, eh, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, Auburn. Like it's, there's a lot of manageable stuff in there. But if they lose to Kentucky, I they're looking at potentially six and six. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think, and here's the other weird thing about this. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago with Ole Miss. They could take a major step back to like seven and five this year mm-hmm. from 10 and two. And it still be viewed as a positive because normally a program like Ole Miss would not be able to maintain seven or eight wins after losing everything that they lost. If that makes right. any sense at all. 
No, it does. And on another, on the, a, a different, to a different point, having a backloaded schedule obviously is hard on your players. It's hard on your body. It's hard on you making any kind of move in the postseason because things are so backloaded. But there is something to be said for the momentum in the beginning to take some of the postseason pressure off. And sometimes, just depending on the team, sometimes guys play better when there's not this, when everything's not riding on it, um, which sounds somewhat counterintuitive, but just taking a little bit of the pressure off and being like, oh, you might get through. The, your first six games with five or six wins could could serve them well in their mental game. And and when you talk about Ole Miss, every single time you start this conversation, when it comes to win totals, they get to play Vanderbilt and crossover schedule. Yeah. It's like it's like Tennessee. When we get to Tennessee in the East, every year they're going to play Bama, which means you automatically add the loss. <laughs> like yep. Ole Miss in this situation, you automatically kind of add the W. Now, Kentucky normally would be considered a 50-50 or win winnable game for most teams, but not anymore because Kentucky's so stinking good. Right. My Kentucky Wildcats. Um, I'm, I'm I like go them to stop doing this. <laughs> uh, Miss Ole Mississippi, uh, plus 6,000 to win the national championship. And, and one quick note on this. <laughs> so Mississippi State, plus 10,000. Arkansas, plus 10,000. LSU, plus 5,000. Auburn, plus 10,000. Um, Tennessee, Kentucky. South Carolina plus 10,000, Florida plus 6,000, Mizzou plus 40,000, and Vanderbilt plus 100,000. One million dollars. What, what this tells Georgia's plus 300 and Alabama's plus 200. What this tells me is that there is, there's just no reason to gamble on anyone other than teams you think can actually win the national championship. And we know full well that there are two maybe three in the SEC that could do that this year. It looks like if you believe Vegas at all, there's only two. R really? Yes. I, I, I mean, like because you jump from plus 300 with Georgia to plus 2,500. So I, I mean, if you believe Vegas, but that is at least a for five or 10 or 20 or 50 bucks or whatever, like A&M at least has the, a chance to do it. Like a they've chance, got the, but you get past them and absolutely not. Right. They've got the personnel to do it. Things could fall their way, a la LSU in 2019 with Joe Burrow or Florida State in 2013 with Jameis Winston as a, as a, new, a new quarterback. Like They've got the guys that are capable. Outside of those three, there is not a team in this league that is capable, and there's not a single one of these bets that's a good value bet for the national championship, in my opinion. Agreed. Okay. I have no I argument. That. I have no notes. Thank you. Right. Mississippi State, with a significantly tougher crossover schedule, they will play Kentucky – as they always do. And Georgia, of course, in crossover, which is bad for their win total. But Mississippi State, six and a half, plus 120 for the over, minus 140 for the under. Where are you going? I went, that's not what our notes say. Oh, sorry. Said? Minus 110 on both. Sorry. I read yeah, I was like, I read oh. Arkansas's lines. But it's um, still six and a half, though. Mississippi State, also a tough one. I feel like I've said that three times already, but. Uh, I went over at seven games um, and the Memphis, obviously there's a history there with how, um, you know, how that game's gone in Memphis's favor two out of the last three times that they've played. It's a tough opener, um, but it's at Mississippi state. And I do think that I really sat down and thought about this game because it was, it's a hard one to predict mainly because it hasn't happened yet, but um <laughs> 
the like Memphis what? had some weapons against Mississippi. It's a hard State. one to predict because it's already happened. That's a hard thing about everything that we do because we don't know either. Oh, um, okay. Calvin, thanks Austin, for listening. Yeah. Anyways, about go about your day. But Memphis had some tools against Mississippi State that they don't have anymore. Um, Calvin Austin the third, who's like got Tyreek Hill vibes, um, was responsible for like three of the touchdowns in that last game. I'm a Memphis fan, if you don't remember. So, um, by the way, Calvin Austin, sneaky good draft prospect right now. Sneaky, and he's fa- he ran like a four two something. Yep. I think he's, he's creep- very he's, fast. He's creeping so up was, the boards. Yep. So put together like helped with like those big chunk plays for Memphis with which were the difference maker in that last matchup, um, along with a couple controversial calls fell in the Tigers' favor. So that got me to seven. Um, Obviously, Arkansas was harder for me. It was harder for me to give that game, but um, I gave them Memphis and Arkansas, which put me at seven. So I'm also taking the over. I I think Memphis, Arizona, Bowling Green, Auburn at home, ETSU, and Ole Miss. For sure. I'm going to say it's not for sure getting the Egg Bowl because it's the Egg Bowl. But I'm just going to say hypothetically, because I'm taking the under for Ole Miss, I'm taking the over for Mississippi State. I sort of have to pick yep. Mississippi State in that game. Those That's six right there. And what you have to do then is win one of these games. At LSU, A&M at home, Arkansas at home, at Kentucky, at Alabama. Take Alabama off the table. All you need or then Georgia. is... Or Georgia. And I'm taking Georgia off the table, too. Take Georgia, okay. Alabama off the table. After that, all you need in my, in my book here is one win against LSU, A&M, Arkansas, or... Kentucky. Kentucky. And I think as good as I believe in Mississippi State with what they're doing on defense with Zach Garnett, Will Rogers, and Mike Leach year number three, like to me, I think it's a tough schedule. There's no question. But I think this team wins at least one, if not two of those games, and I'll take the over. Yeah, but you don't, you're not going to say which one? Come on. Uh, that's not how this works. I, I'm not, I mean, I you think don't have at, to, obviously, but. So, okay, so if we're going to do that, I, Arkansas at home, I think is a very winnable game. That's what I picked. Um, at Kentucky, I think, is a very winnable game. Pl- frankly, those two have played very weird games. Mm-hmm. Mississippi State and Kentucky have played weird games. Um, although they've, they've had much greater success down in, in Starkville. The at LSU game is fascinating to me early in the year because Mississippi State will be ready. They'll, mm-hmm. they'll already, like Mississippi State, to me, is one of those teams that will be fully formed like by week two. Yeah, like they they already kind of are fully formed already, and that's and why you think I really LSU like still might be chaos by then. That's kind of what I'm thinking is that LSU is one of those teams that's going to get a lot better as the year goes along. I think. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if you could get them early in Baton Rouge, the way Dak Prescott did a couple of years ago under Dan Mullen when they went down there and won, I I think that's what Will Rogers could do. So I, again, I could see them winning LSU and Arkansas and Kentucky. I, I'm not going to pick that. No, I don't think so. Because that would be like nine and three at that point. That, but yeah. But nine and three is not out of the question. It's not out of the question, but so I, it's I'm very unlikely. I think I picked them to be Arkansas because I think that they'll need a couple L- or SEC games under their belt before they win that. I, I could see the LSU chaos thing playing in their favor, though. So I, yeah. I feel you. All right. Arkansas, six and a half plus 120. So you get odds on the over minus 140 on the under. So Vegas is telling you they like the under here. Um, I, I'll give you mine here. You, you go ahead first, Aaron. We've been, you've been going first here. So this is the best value bet in this entire situation. I'd pick Arkansas over anything six and a half wins. I can easily get them to eight in wow. my head. I, I think if you're, well, there may be one other one that kind of, uh, plays the game in terms of value, but to me, this is, if you really want to bet I'd, I'd take this. 
over. All right. So you're supposed to save your best bets until later, later, but it sounds like you, you didn't love... tell me that. Yeah, I did. I said it literally on the show to everyone listening. I said, we're going to mm-hmm. give our best picks later. So anyway. oh, you literally can't prove that. Well, this is mine. <laughs> I can't prove that. I love saying you can't prove that when you easily can. It makes me laugh. <laughs> like you can totally prove that. It's almost as good as saying, um, it's almost as good as saying we don't know what's going to happen because it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a theorist. Um, all right. Sorry. So are you wearing Sam Pittman colored glasses right now? Um, I would, if I knew what kind of, I'd wear whatever he wears. If I'll get the same glasses, <laughs> he got camo pants and flip flops. I'll get camo pants and flip flops. Camo pants and flip flops um, is very Brett Bielema. Um, it's just a line from Mean Girls. Oh, see, you that's like the fourth time you've quoted Mean Girls. And uh, didn't you quote like Wally last week? No, that was in a meeting. That was oh. in a meeting. By okay. the way, sh- shout out to a uh, subscriber slash viewer slash listener, Justin Rodriguez, who's been a- been after us in the comment section <laughs> on the YouTube page about the Razorbacks. And he is right that there is a lot to like about this team. I love KJ Jefferson. I love Arkansas keeping their their coordinators and the staff intact. I love the identity and sort of the philosophy that he's building. I think that he's done a lot of work in a very short period of time. They also have only nine starters returning. I don't know what the line of scrimmage, which was where they dominated people last year. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the line of scrimmage is going to look like. You lose Traylon Burks. I, I just, to me, I am, I am taking the under here, which Vegas kind of agrees with on this. And some of this is because the schedule to me is just super, super difficult. And it's not that much different than Mississippi State. So I know we just sort of use that as like, a hey, I think they're going to get a couple of these games. Cincinnati is a top 25 team, even though no, they're replacing they, a lot of Cincinnati looks better than they are. That's what I think is going to oh. trick people about this. Because Cincinnati oh. lost a lot of people. So I think that's where Vegas is going to get people because people are thinking about Cincinnati from last year. And that is simply not the same team. So our second disagreement. Uh, all right. Uh, no, Cincinnati, Cincinnati can go to Fayetteville and win. And I, I, could. I, I see what you're saying about that. They look better on, like, they are better at the position. They are, they are, here's what I'll say about Cincinnati losing um, Desmond Ritter, their starting quarterback, who was 33 and five as a starter to your point about a very important piece that they don't have. Right. Mm-hmm. They have the deepest and most talented quarterback room of any group of five team in the country. So they lose Ritter. Who's a huge piece. They're one of the only teams in America that can handle that in the group of five because they have a four-star top 10 recruit who's, who was there last year as a freshman and a transfer who started for Eastern Michigan last year who used to be at Cincinnati, who's now back at Cincinnati. That's fine, but there's just something about a four-star freshman being there last year is great, but you can't simulate that game day environment. You have to have experience on the field. It's just completely different than taking reps in practice. I don't think Cincinnati is as good as everyone thinks they, is, they are in the preseason. And I think okay. you should do your research, not you, but other people I'm not talking to you. Cause I know better um, wow. to do there. That's all you do. So I wouldn't discredit you for that. I don't think Cincinnati, I think people have a taste in their mouth from last year that isn't necessarily justified. That's all I'm oh, I, I think Arkansas is a favorite in that game. It's at home and, and Cincinnati to your point has lost a lot in there. It's the first game of the season. even if they win that game, I could see them being three and three to start the season. You go South Carolina, you got Missouri state, A&M, Alabama at Mississippi state. So if I stopped right there and you lost to Cincinnati or one, I'll give you, I'll give you the Cincinnati, I'll give you the Cincinnati win. And then you BYU is tough. 
I mean, the schedule is, there is some winnable stuff on the schedule. There is. I mean, there, okay. So even You're if right. you don't take BYU, you go Cincinnati, South Carolina, Missouri State, skip BYU for now, Auburn, Liberty, Missouri, and then you have to just make a call. Yeah, six, yeah. Can, can you beat Ole Miss or LSU or BYU or Bama or AM? You can't beat Bama and AM, so get them out. Can you beat either BYU or LSU or Ole Miss? I'm saying yes. That gets you above taking the over. Damn it. Mommy, can you think about it? Yes. Yes, you are. I was gonna I was gonna do the I'm I'm taking the under, but now I'm now I'm second guessing myself. That's all I could ever ask for. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I got you to create self-doubt in your own mind, Brayden. It was a successful Tuesday for me. Thank you. No, I don't thrive off of it, but I do appreciate you oh, um, man. admitting seeing the light there. I, I have not made my official pick yet. Excuse me. Okay. Hold your, well, go hold, ahead. Your, hold your horses, as they say. You're not going to make me mad if you change it. I'll, I'll no, be I know. Happy. This is, again, this goes back to why you listen to podcasts, because the idea is to think through these things and allow our opinions to evolve in real time. That's the whole point. Mm-hmm. When you think about it as like you uh, see everything and you're like, you only need one of these. And I don't feel like we made like crazy, no, uh, no. insane decisions on the, the shoe in wins. So you look at it like that. I, I, like, here's the thing, though. If you lose to Cincinnati and you lose to, to LSU and Ole Miss, you're not going to get there. You're going to be six and six. Mm-hmm. That's true. There's definitely an if. Oh, man. That's tough. Let me. I'm going to take, I'm going to take the under and you guys, you Arkansas fans can get at me. It's fine. Would it change your opinion to know that they had to play Arkansas right after they play Alabama? Um, who? LSU. Oh, that's right. November 12th at home. Arkansas's at home. That game's always, Arkansas LSU game's always weird. Yeah. Freaking awesome. Um, I'm going to stick with the under just for the sake of being different here. Uh, okay. LSU six. Win total six minus one twenty five over plus one hundred. So Vegas is telling you they that you know that the over is the play here. Um, where are you going, Aaron? I went over. Okay. Tough to do because LSU again our trend. We just never know. You just um, picked the, the over third... for almost everybody in this division, by the way. Um, hold on. You've got under Bama, over AM, over Ole Miss, over Mississippi State, over Arkansas, and over LSU. I have a couple more unders coming, but all right. Um, the I'm not gonna be right about all of them, so it's just a numbers game. Brandon. What? <laughs> um, the first four games LSU plays are in Louisiana, which was contributed to part of this. Um, then you got you. They have UAB at the end of the season, so that gets us to five. I said they'll beat Florida State, Southern Mississippi State. Wait, no, 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 I didn't. Florida State, Southern New Mexico, and Auburn, and UAB. I think they could. I see them winning Tennessee at home. This is a tough one, though. And then I said one more win, we'll get there. They either got to be either Mississippi oh, State man. or Arkansas or Florida, which gets me there. Gets them there. Well, you know, I'm taking the over because I have been saying that I think LSU will be good quickly under yep. Brian Kelly. You I have don't been know, saying that. I don't know if that's week three quickly, which is when they play Mississippi State at home, which to me, if they win that game, puts them over already. 
Yeah, I agree with that. I, I think they, but again, I sort of use that as a reason to pick Mississippi State over. So uh, it, you got to be careful here. Um, yeah. But you're right. U, UAB, Ole Miss, Tennessee, Auburn, New Mexico, Mississippi State, Southern Florida State, all winnable games if things work out <laughs> for Brian Kelly Correct. And, and LSU. I'm taking the over. Vegas also likes the over. They're giving you worse odds. I, I'll take the over. You and I will agree on this. I just think LSU is better, quicker than people expect. I, I think it's like an eight and four team and people are like, man, that team is better than we thought. And then they're not going to take a huge step next year. They, they get a good step this year and then they don't, they, they don't, you they see don't them do, winning eight games. I think they can win eight games this year. I think that's how good they are. This is not a LSU does not struggle to get dudes to come to no, town. They don't. And now you've got a coach who wins championships everywhere he goes. I don't know. What's, I think they're going to be good fast. What's your – you don't know what the eighth one is. Okay. Yeah, no, it's, it's possible. No, I would say Florida State, Southern, New Mexico, Auburn, Tennessee at home, five. which is not, which is one that people probably aren't picking, but Tennessee at home, that's five. Yeah, Tennessee. Ole Miss, Ole Miss UAB, six and seven, right? Like that. I don't even have to – they can lose to Mississippi no, State. No, where's the eighth? Lose to Florida. I'm not, I'm not picking them to You're go not picking eight. the eighth. Okay. But that's fair. If they win those games, they could still, like – Lose to Florida, lose to Mississippi State, lose to Bama, lose to Arkansas, and lose to AM. And I could still win that bet. Yeah. So we're both in the over. Okay. Auburn, five. This one is hard. <laughs> yeah. Very. This one is hard. How bad? So when it goes bad at Auburn, it tends to go real bad. Mm-hmm. So if you believe in the Harson debacle, it's just a, a one year stay of execution and he's going to be fired at the end of all of this then you sort of have to buy into the deba- like the 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 tanking here and like a one in seven possibility because that's what happens when auburn is bad when auburn is bad it's not like 3 and 5 bad they're like 0 oh and 8 bad yeah otherwise i i don't know what to tell you about this one this one's a hard one <laughs> the only i have i took the under i have okay. them All at right. i can Four and able, eight. Four and eight is bad. I was mentally able to get them to only win four games, but it was <laughs> really hard. I'm not gonna lie. But their schedule is insane. They play LSU, Georgia, Ole Miss, Arkansas, Mississippi State, Texas AM, Alabama. It, it's very, That's very bad. difficult. I only have them winning. I mean, if I'm right, the only conference game they would win would be Missouri. At home. If yeah. if that so I mean, not that I have to be right, they could win less than five, but um, when no, I was that, going that's the, through that's it, the only four. way you no, that's the only way. Cause they're going to probably beat Mercer, San Jose state. And I think they West, lose to Penn state and Western Kentucky. Yeah. So those three plus Missouri is already at four. If they win one more game, you're done. And, yeah. But you lose It's a push. So I don't know. This is, this is one of those and we'll get to our best bets later. This is one of those. I would never, I would not, I'm not touching this one. No, I wouldn't. No, no real dollars are going on Auburn, but I'm with you. I would take the under, because if, if I'm gambling on Auburn, if I'm going to gamble on Auburn and put money on the most schizophrenic program in the history of college football, then you might as well put money on the dumpster fire happening. You, you might as well put money on the bottoming out because what's the alternative that they surge into greatness and they're like seven win team. Not with the I mean, schedule. They've got dudes like LSU has dudes. I get it, but they're replacing a lot more dudes than LSU is. I don't know. I, I would take the under, but this is one of those that, when push comes to shove, I would not touch this with with anyone else's wallet. No chance. Nope. And they go. They don't have. Uh, it's not really spaced out well for them. 
either. They have to play. I mean, Missouri is a conference game, but we think they can win. You have to play LSU. Then you're on the road at Georgia. You're on the road at Ole Miss. And there's an open date on the 22nd of October. And then you go Arkansas at home yeah. at Mississippi State, Texas A&M at home. You have one week and then Bama. It's just it's just brutal. Their schedule's brutal. And yes. it's a dumpster fire. Right. right. Really, really tough schedule. Also, uh, you're horrible. Traditional <laughs> Auburn dumpster. Yeah. Apart. Traditional Auburn dumpster fire mixed with a really tough schedule equals under. That's that's what it is. So in the West, you've got you've got uh, under Bama, over A and M, over Ole Miss, over Mississippi State, over Arkansas, over LSU, under Auburn. I have under Bama, over A and M, under Ole Miss, over Mississippi State, under Arkansas, over LSU, under Auburn. So where we differ is Arkansas and Ole Miss. Those are the two that we differ on. So yep. there you go. Uh, okay. All right. So Aaron Suttles coming up a little bit later on from The Athletic, going to break down all things Abilama and the Crimson Tide. Give us a little State of the Union there. And when we come back, our picks for the SEC East. And we'll give you our best bets for all of these numbers when we come back right here. Fringe Element on the 440 Sports Network. Fringe Element, Aaron Dugan, is a podcast about SEC football and a variety of other topics occasionally. Mm-hmm. And it is, in fact, brought to you by the wonderful and talented and amazing folks at Jasper's, your ultimate summer getaway, complete with water slide. Ooh, there's a water slide now? Yep. You didn't know that. Most people don't. Dude, the, the four-year-old just got real happy. Very few people know about the water slide. <laughs> You know how some people have a champagne room? Uh, Jasper's has the water slide room. It's about as nice as UCF's Lazy River. So I recommend checking out Trey Crowder's episode last week. He was absolutely fun to hang out with last week on the episode. But you know how he gave him a library that they kind of already have when we we asked him to do the ad last week? If you pull out the right Russian literature in that library, it actually the fireplace opens and it go it takes you into the water slide room. Correct. I don't know if we were supposed to say that on the podcast. Well, everybody knows now. Well, shit. <laughs> Here, Jasper, right. Sorry, Jasper. <laughs> People's kids are screaming, running into the restaurant, pulling books off the shelves. Yeah, no, but the water slide's great, especially when the weather's nice. Um, water slide's great. I could see my four and five-year-old running in there with like the dinosaur an inner tube around their waist and like the goggles like floaties with their arms and, out yeah and just well no the oldest one can swim now at five so it's pretty good oh, okay uh bennett probably the little one probably needs some floaties so she runs in there and she's, she's just, fearless though she's shrieking and screaming like water slides and people are just like at the bar having cocktails going like what is what is this people four-year-old are just confused why is this four-year-old dressed like she's going to <laughs> like the the water park what's happening go to jasper's the, par- the parking is free the food is amazing the chefs are fantastic. Um, Deb Paquette did the menu. Megan Williams does the pastries. It's fantastic. Four Top Hospitality, of course, who, who owns it all. They've got tons of great locations across the southeast of all their different restaurant names. Amerigo, Char, etc. Etch, lots of saltine down in Mississippi. They got a lot of great restaurants all across the southeast. So make sure you check out Jasper's, everybody, as well as all the other culinary delights from Four Top Hospitality and Deb Paquette. Go to Jasper's, everybody, and use their water slide. Bring your suit. All right, we'll get to Aaron Suttles here from The Athletic coming up in just a few minutes, Aaron. Um, he'll talk uh, all things Alabama, Alabama and the State of the Union there. And let's get into the SEC East here with the win totals, and then we'll give you our final sort of, here are the things we actually have money on. How about that? Sound good? 
Okay. All right. Georgia Bulldogs, 11 and a half, plus 200 for the over, minus 250 for the under. Where are you going with the Georgia Bulldogs? I went over. <laughs> really? Yeah. Right. I felt like it. Just because just um, you felt like it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so 12 I and mean, 0. 12 and 0. They're going to lose five first-round because... draft picks on defense. What would you say? They're going to lose five first-round draft picks on defense. I don't know. I'm telling you, this is the one where I was like, I just feel like it, and I did it. Um, God, you don't have gonna, an- look, God, they're going to just they're, they're you their, don't, schedule, their schedule like their schedule is bad. You're right. Oregon, Sanford, South Carolina, Kent State haven't lost any of those. Missouri, nope. Auburn, nope. Vanderbilt, nope. <laughs> Florida, I mean, okay, Florida's maybe. not that good. Tennessee at home, I mean, yeah. Tennessee at home, I mean, might oh. be a challenge. Mississippi State, Kentucky, the only two, like Tennessee, Damn. Kentucky. What else? What else is there? I mean, they I can like, go through this unscathed, even not being the best team in the country. No, they're they're definitely going to be seven and zero going into the bye week, and then they'll come out of the bye week playing Florida, and we don't know what Florida is going to be at that point. And then they go Tennessee at Mississippi State at Kentucky. Those four is where there could be one slip up. There could be. I but, just chose to believe that there might not be because I think it's more fun to be like, can they do this? Well, undefeated. So a couple of different factors here. The offense probably is going to be as good. All right, they're not going to get worse on offense. They were one of the most efficient offenses. I know Stetson Bennett took a lot of flack for the last couple of years, but they were one of the most efficient offenses in all of college football. He is back. You've got some of the be- maybe the best tight end collection ever assembled outside of like Miami and the U in the early 2000s when they had like Shockey and Winslow. Yep. Um, they are loaded at, the, at every position on offense. Defensively, the two deep is disgustingly good. And even though they are losing all those players, I, there's not a game on this schedule where I don't think they're a double digit favorite. Like, I don't see a game. I can't find the game where they're like an eight-point favorite or a nine-point favorite. I can't find one. So, what are you doing? I mean, unless Mississippi State is like, or Kentucky is just off the charts good, and you know I like both those teams, but they'd have to be like set like eight and oh, nine and oh, hosting Georgia to get yeah. that number under 10. I'm, yeah, I mean, oh, it man, sounds I insane, right. and it sounds insane until you look at their schedule. I mean, there's nothing, I mean, there's no real, if, okay, if you, if they have some serious season-ending injuries, Kentucky or Tennessee, maybe. Okay. But a healthy Georgia team, I don't think loses to either of those teams, which are the two biggest challenges on the schedule. I think you're right. God, music to my ears. No, but so we're taking the under for Bama and the over for Georgia, but picking Bama to win the SEC. Well, when you put it like that, <laughs> no, I mean, it, it's I mean, not, yeah, it's not that. That's what happened last year. It's what happened last year. It's literally what happened, it happened last, year. last year. Yeah, you're right. Georgia went 12 and 0. Bama lost the game. Bama wins the SEC. I, yeah. I'm, I'll take the over with you. I'm in, I'm in with you. I'm yes. in with you. All right, I'm in. Tennessee eight and a half minus one fifteen for the over minus one oh five for the under. So Vegas just wants you to gamble on Tennessee. <laughs> yes, they do. Um, I, I go ahead. Um, I took the under on this. Um, I see Tennessee winning eight games. I do not think Tennessee wins at. Okay, I do not think Tennessee beats Kentucky. It's possible, but I just don't think it happens. Although it is in Knoxville, um, yeah, yeah. but. 
They won in, they won in Lexington last up. year. Yeah. But there's listen to the, listen to these eight. So you know you've got eight, which is probably counterintuitive to my point, but their wins in my head for sure are Ball State, Pittsburgh, Akron. I want to say Florida, although you can never say for sure what's going to happen in the Tennessee-Florida game, but I counted that. UT Martin, Missouri, South Carolina, and Vanderbilt. Um, them winning yeah. them winning any of these other games would push it over, which means it would be nine wins and I would lose. But they could – if some, something crazy could happen with Florida. So they might lose to Florida and then – you know, if it, even if they beat Kentucky, I'd still win. It'd still be under. I, I think your bet on this is tied to two things for Tennessee. Okay. One is the Florida game, mm-hmm. which, which they've only won like one time in like 20 years. But it's early in Billy Napier, just like LSU. It's early in the season, and you could get them before they become the fully formed Gators. Correct. And Tennessee's a little bit more fully formed on offense in particular. And there'll be that'll be that that Nealon will be crazy for that game. I'll just tell and you right defense now. Defense takes time, like we've spoken about. Well, Tennessee, I'm not sure Tennessee. I mean, has for Florida, defense. <laughs> right? Well, yeah. I'm talking uh, about here, but it also depends on Tennessee overachieving. And when <laughs> is the last time that the University of Tennessee overachieved in football? Literally, pick a year. Tell me the year. A long- 2007 long time ago yeah i was in college yeah. i i can no, find I, I was in high school alabama georgia are losses yes at lsu would be another loss for me in my opinion uh, to me you are asking tennessee to be almost perfect to hit nine and three you are you're at you're asking them to be almost perfect to hit to nine and three so to me under and eight and four would still be a step in the right direction for Tennessee. Would for still sure, be it would be a great season. season. You could lose Georgia, Alabama, at LSU, and Kentucky, and be eight and four. We would still win the bet, and your season would be that would be good. Successful. You should be happy. Yeah. Yes. yes. Even if you went seven and five, but losing to Florida would leave a little bit of a bad taste because Tennessee right. should beat Florida. But you know, it's still a step in the right direction. I think Tennessee ends up eight and four, and so it's under. I, I would take eight and four and go the under and, and still feel positive about the direction. This is the first summer that Josh Heupel is going to have actual expectations and pressure to do things. Their, their roster is still in a, a state of flux. In my opinion, they still have guys on that team that Josh Heupel would like to enter the portal. That that's, he has guys that want, he wants them to leave. <laughs> that, that's a, that's a weird place to be when you're trying to rebuild your defense. They are good on offense and they are going to beat some teams because of Hendon hooker and the offense. I, but they could lose to Pittsburgh. They could lose to Florida. They could lose to LSU. They could lose to Kentucky. They could, they could lose to a lot of teams they on their schedule. Lose. Yeah. But they have now the defined themselves as in that, you know, upper middle tier of the SEC. And part of that is just because of all the teams that right now are falling below it. So yes. it's by default pushing them up. So Vanderbilt looks like they do. South Carolina looks like they do. Missouri looks like they do. And then you have out, you have non-con games like Ball State, Akron, and Tennessee UT Martin. I mean, you you have a chance to have a really good season, but it doesn't change our nine and three is asking a lot to win the bet on the over. You have that's to get to nine and three. You're asking them to be almost perfect. That's you're that's, setting that's, yourself up for disappointment if you're a Tennessee fan and you want them to go nine and three. Just don't do it to yourself. There's no preach. reason to do that. Preach eight and four is fine. Just take a chill pill and be cool with it because and leave your, leave yourself a little bit of room for error because Lord knows you need it. Kentucky. 
Eight wins, minus 110 under, minus 110 over. So Vegas doesn't know here. Eight Kentucky, eight wins. And you know how much I love Kentucky. Where are you going? This is hard because, I mean, to me, it, they're going to win. Exa- they're going to win exactly eight games. <laughs> I, I agree with you. So I'm literally, I'm just trying to you. force myself in one direction or the other. I feel like it is more likely for them to man a lot of swing games on this schedule so many swing games. this is what makes kentucky so fascinating every game is a swing game florida swing game ole miss swing game mississippi state swing game tennessee swing game louisville swing game so the things that are not they're not going to lose to vanderbilt i don't think they're going to lose to missouri they're not going to lose to south carolina and to me i think they go I think as of Florida's new, the new nature of what Florida looks like, you have, you just said it a second ago, which is they need a little bit more time. I think Kentucky goes four and zero, beating Miami, Ohio, Florida, Youngstown, Youngstown, Youngstown state, Young, Youngstown state, <laughs> Youngstown state. There you go. Youngstown. Winchesterton Fieldville, Youngstown, Winchesterton Fieldville, Iowa. <laughs> You know what that's from? Anyways, Northern that, Illinois. Is, that Ron, is Ron Swanson the head of that Parks and Recreation? No, Department? it was Mr. Deeds. Damn, I was close. I know it's pretty random. Yeah. So you go four and zero there. Very, if you even if you lose to Ole Miss, golly. So okay, then we're counting South Carolina, mm. Missouri, Vanderbilt, and Louisville. I'm counting those as wins. So then you either have to you eat, have to win one of these: Ole Miss, Mississippi State, Tennessee, or Georgia. You just have to win one as Kentucky. I think you can do it. Right. Where are you going? Eight wins I'm, over under. They're going to get to nine and three, or they're going to go seven and five. I went over. We will disagree. I will go under. And you know how much I love Kentucky. Mm-hmm. I am buying that the West this year is very, very, very good and better than the East across the board, with the exception of maybe Georgia. That's it. That's it. And even then, I think Bama over Georgia. So I just. That was a really tough one. I'm not I'm, gonna lie. I'm gonna go I the think under. They're exactly I'm, right. I, I, I'm with you. I think eight and four is the play. I'll go under again. There are a handful of these that I would not touch at all, and this Kentucky one is one I'm not touching at all. Yeah, wouldn't touch it. Stay away. Uh, I might be saying the same thing here about our next one. The Florida Gators seven wins over under there. I think they lose to Utah in week one. <laughs> okay. They are they are a one point favorite. I like the Utes plus the points there. Uh, on the road against Tennessee, they get Kentucky at home. They got to play LSU, Georgia, A&M and crossover at Florida State at the end of the year. We don't know what Florida State's going to look like. Vandy, South Carolina, you know, Missouri, I, you know, Eastern Washington. There's wins in there. But if you think they lose to Utah, I think you have to go under for Florida, I think. And I know you've been going first, but I just I, no, got, on a, I got on a roll there because I like I love that Utah game in week one. I agree with you. I went under but it was six and six is tough man tough because what i really think will happen is i same thing with kentucky it's i think that they'll win seven games i think they'll somehow pull off utah i think south florida eastern washington and missouri then they'll win the last three although florida state's always a toss-up but i have them beating south carolina vanderbilt and florida which would get them to seven but i would definitely go under at six because i think they could either lose to utah or florida state florida state easily if if i'm going yeah lost to utah lost to kentucky lost to tennessee you beat ucf eastern washington missouri you're three and three yeah then you have to play lsu georgia a&m 
Nope, in, to all three a, of those. In a row. Then you finish with South Carolina, Vandy, and Florida State. So even if you win all those last three, that's six and six. I'm going under seven. Yeah, you got to, You almost have to because you have to believe that they're going to drop. Uh, Utah and Florida State are not just give me games at all. So you have to believe that yep. Florida loses one of those, but they, and, and, they, they're always surprising. So. And Vegas minus 110 on the over, minus 110 on the under, so they're even there. South Carolina, I thought this was fascinating. South Carolina, six total, minus 150 on the over, plus 130 on the under. And call me crazy, Aaron Dugan, but now I'm on a roll, so now I'm just going to go first here, apparently. Go ahead. Call me crazy. I did, I'm not buying for one second the six and six record from last year. And I don't buy Spencer Rattler. I think he's Ooh. a good player. But tell me why. Convince me. Give me some stats, some data, something insightful that says he is going to go from playing for the best offensive coach and the best offensive scheme in maybe America against a weak Big 12 defensive league, and he's going to go play for a lesser coach on a lesser roster in a lesser scheme against a tougher schedule, and he's all of a sudden going to be better than five touchdowns. Five touchdowns at Oklahoma. That's a one game for most Oklahoma quarterbacks. He had five touchdowns. I I just, I'm not buying South Carolina. I'm not buying Beamer. I'm not buying Rattler. Give me the under. Definitely, definitely going under as well. Ooh, um, right. I'm, I under, see... I'm under everybody in the East. Well, oh, you are. That's, that's, it's very scandalous of me. I even think, I think South Carolina winning five games, looking at their schedule is a little bit of a stretch. So I definitely had no problem going under. I could see South Carolina ending the season, having only beaten Georgia state, Charlotte, South Carolina state and Vanderbilt. I think they'll pull off one more, but I do not think they get to six. Definitely going under. I, I, I think they beat a bad Auburn team and a bad Florida team. And then they needed a last second win last second play to beat Vanderbilt. To get to six, they should have been three and, and nine last year. That Vanderbilt game for South Carolina is always closer than it should be. So and that stupid. doesn't matter who's better. Whoever's better almost always loses to the other team. They are going to go to Arkansas in week two and be and get beat by 45. And people are going to go, oh. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> then you got to go play Georgia and that's not going to feel good. No. At, at Kentucky, A&M. A, they're, a, a &M, I mean, their schedule is pretty brutal. Yes, their crossovers, Arkansas and A&M. It's awful. That's tough. Mm -hmm. oh, oh, by the way, your non-conference is Clemson <laughs> on, the, on the road. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. I'm taking the under. Not, not even close for me. All right. Me too. Uh, Missouri, five total, minus 120, plus 100 for the over and the under there. I, I think Missouri is a total crapshoot. I really think this is a tough team to pinpoint. What you got? I went over for Missouri Ooh. solely because of their schedule. If you, If I had not sat down and looked at their schedule, I would have said – Absolutely not. But looking at it, they play MTSU, Kansas State. They're, they are not going to win that Kansas State They're not going to win the Kansas State game. No. Abilene Christian. Then they have Auburn, Georgia, Florida. They have an open date there. And then Vanderbilt, South Carolina. They could win both of those. New Mexico State. So even if they – well, then they have Kentucky, Tennessee, and Arkansas in there too. So even if I gave them Vanderbilt and South Carolina, then they beat the other three non-con – three of the other four non-con games that still only gets them to five i can get them to four real easy and this is why the the total is at five and it's why it's minus 120 for the over plus 100 so basically even because i can get them to new mexico state 
Abilene Christian, Louisiana Tech, and Vanderbilt. That's four right there. Wait, where's Louisiana Tech? Uh, first week of the season. So that, I thought it was Middle Tennessee. Uh, no, it must have been changed. It must oh, have okay. got changed. It must have got okay. changed. Um, Kansas State's a really sneaky good football team, so I don't think they're going to win that game. But at Auburn, I don't think they're good enough yet. I think they could win at South Carolina. But the rest of their schedule, I, it, it's not loaded with a bunch of Alabamas, you, you know, but it's every single game is tough for them. So I, this was a tough one. I I would take the under because I don't know who the quarterback is and I don't know what that situation is going to be like. And I haven't seen Drinkowitz develop anybody in the season. I've seen him recruit really well. And I think they've got good, like, like they're better than we think from a talent perspective. But I don't think we've seen them go out and beat a bunch of people they're not supposed to. And I know they played well against Kentucky and Florida. And I know they beat some teams, but like, those are bad. Again, those were like a bad Florida team. I, I would take, so they'd have to win. I know. I'm I'll, like, t- I might be changing. You, you took my the mind over. You speak. took the over. I know. And I might, now that I'm looking at it, I might be changing my mind. Cause I, I'll, I'll take the under. Because they can't, then they have to win. Okay. They have to win. They have to win six games. And if they I'll beat, stick we, with it, I'll risk it. But Kansas I, state. Oh, I don't know. That, I gave that, them Vanderbilt and South Carolina because they have, a buy then Vanderbilt, which is kind of a buy, and then South Carolina. <laughs> I don't know, I, mean, Braden, that get, that I might be regretting that, to, that one. No, that gets them to five. I mean, Louisiana Tech, Abilene Christian, Vanderbilt, South Carolina, New Mexico State. That's five. Yeah. Okay. I'll stick with it. So if you can get one more, you win. But again, this is one of those where if it's five and a half, what it would be. <laughs> if it's five and a half, it's very clearly under. If it's four and a half, it's very clearly over. I just, it, you need that half a game here. Like, I do not gamble on teams that generally have a, a full game. Like, if it's, like six, seven, eight, like they've got in the East. I don't, I don't normally touch that. I wouldn't touch that. If you're betting, if you're a betting man, I would not touch that. All right. Wrapping up Vanderbilt Commodores, one and a half, one and a half wins are set real low. One and a half. Now they do play Wake Forest, who was like a played in the ACC championship game last year and has their quarterback back, Sam Hartman. Yep. They're very good. We're not going to win that game. Uh, but Hawaii, Elon, and NIU. All you got to do is win two of those. That's why I, I went I went over. I went over as well. Just for a, a shred of hope in my own life. And then I think this is because the bar is set so low. It's such a rock bottom that <laughs> maybe we can pull off two games. I, so. I think the real question is, can they win an SEC game? That's what's interesting to me. Why are you asking that? You know the answer. I mean, they've lost like 20 in a row, so. I mean, the only thing they would even potentially flirt with is South Carolina. And that's not because they're as good as South Carolina. That's because there's a history of those two teams playing each other closely and it's in Nashville, but that doesn't really mean a whole, whole lot. Uh, they could, they could, you know, if they settle on a quarterback, they could go to Missouri and be, be competitive. Maybe. I'm just not again, saving, save yourself. I'm not going to set right. myself up for disappointment. If they win two games, I will have won this and be happy. That's, that is, I, that's what I think is going to happen too. They're going to go two and 10 and, I'll, and we'll win the over. Yep. That's what I would predict. And I'll survive because I've survived it before. All right. So we both have the over for Georgia. We both have the under for Tennessee. We both have the under for Florida, the under for Carolina, and the over for Vanderbilt. You have the over for Missouri and the over for Kentucky. I have the under for Kentucky and the under for Missouri. Now that we've laid out all 14 of these teams, you have to put $100,000 on a three or four team parlay, which we know is stupid. Not doing four, we but what we're four. actually, but we're actually going to do three or four, whatever your be, quote unquote best bets are. What are your best bets? And we're going to put what ten bucks each on each one of these games on each one yeah. of these. Let's do that. So ten dollars each. Again, we're talking big stakes here. Okay, a lot of stuff on the line. 
You've got to pick your best three or four. Give me the ones that are above the line for you that you're like, these are the ones I'm 1,000% gambling on. And then you actually have to put money on. Arkansas over six and a half wins. South Carolina under six wins. Vanderbilt over one and a half. All right. So Arkansas over six and a half. Okay. Vanderbilt over one and a half. Okay. And what was the other one? Mississippi State? No, South Carolina under six. Ooh, okay. All right. So those are your like locks of the year of the week of the century. I guess so. All right. And you're going to put money on them. You promise? Yeah. All right. I'm less scared to bet than you. Here are mine. Mississippi State, six and a half over. Okay. LSU, six. Way over. Way over LSU. LSU is my number one bet. LSU over. Mississippi State, over. Vanderbilt, over. One and a half. Give me those two W's. Just give me two W's, Clark Lee. Come on, buddy. And the Tennessee Volunteers, under eight and a half. You're going all four, huh? Maybe I should pick another one. I, well, honestly, it's the two. It, the two are at the top for me. Mississippi State over, LSU over. Yeah, Those I would are my take. Two. But if yeah, you're asking if I, me, if to, I'm adding a fourth one, I'll I also will take my LSU over. Okay. okay. All right, there there you have it, folks. I don't, I don't think we can talk about these win totals any more than we have today. I think we've done. No, I mean we've, we've done enough. Dug all the way in. So we will go after the show and go place actual wagers, put actual money down. You will put money down on Arkansas over six and a half, LSU over six, Vandy over one and a half, and South Carolina under six. I am putting parlaying these though. No, 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 no. that's stupid. (laughs) I'm putting money. I am putting money on Mississippi State over six and a half, over LSU six, over Vanderbilt one and a half, and under Tennessee eight and a half. Okay, there you go. Perfect. All right. Can you do to- a compilation for this um, for social media of all the times that you changed your opinion once I talked you into it? I only changed my opinion, I think, on one thing. Two. Two? Which ones? Mm, can't remember the second one now. No, I stuck with all of them, I think. Oh, no, oh. it's Georgia. Georgia over, you convinced me of. You convinced me of the Georgia over. I was going to take Bama, Georgia, both under, but you convinced me to go over on Georgia. So I'm not bragging. I'm just basking in it for no, a minute, and then I'm going to get away. over it. Bask away. Okay. That was fun. Give me a basking puzzle. Give me a basking case anytime you want. All right. (laughs) Thank you to Aaron. Go to Jaspers. Thank you guys all for hanging out. When we come back, Aaron Suttles of The Athletic giving us an Alabama State of the Union right here on Fringe Element. Aaron, good to see you, man. Thank you for joining the show. Uh, How are you this afternoon? Doing well. Thanks for having me. Well, I want to... I'm not sure when's the last time you've been asked this question. I'm sure you've been asked this question a million times, but it feels like it hasn't been asked in a while. So I'll just go ahead and do it before we get into the roster and 2022 and Bryce Young and all the other stuff. Any idea when Nick Saban's going to call it today? Uh, not anytime soon, I wouldn't imagine. <laughs> uh, yeah, I just don't think he has anything else going on outside of his Mercedes-Benz dealerships, which I'm sure he doesn't want to be involved in day-to-day operating. So I think as long as his health hold out, holds out, uh, he'll be around. So, so basically, all the other coaches in the SEC need to be rooting for more grandchildren, is what it sounds like. That's right. That's what they need to do. So, practice I know is wrapped up in the spring, and I'm just curious b- before we get into some of the personnel packages and and all that stuff. When you look at Alabama in the past, the last 15 years, let's say under Saban, and you look at the roster and where the strengths and weaknesses are, we know the quarterback is is exceptional. They went out and got some pieces in the portal to fill specific needs. Where does this roster rank? 
one to 85 relative to any of the past Bama teams we've seen in the last decade or so? You know, I, I think it's all relative, right, to the to the state of college football. Um, and I think in comparison to the rest of college football, it's you know it's one of the top two or three rosters in the country. Um, as it compares to other Alabama teams, I think there are some issues on this year's team that they still have to work out. Offensive line being chief among them. I think wide receivers another area they'd like to address. Uh, but there doesn't seem to be very many weaknesses on defense. I think they're going to be elite. They're going to get back to being elite Alabama on defense and. They got some great skill position uh, running backs. They got a Heisman Trophy at, uh, winner at quarterback. Uh, I think they have the best player in college football in Will Anderson at outside linebacker. So overall, they're they're pretty loaded. You, you talked about the elite defense, and that's what I've been looking at too. We're, we're putting our projections together for for the Athlon magazine right now, and it's a lot of it is just sure Bryce Young is better than everybody else at that position, but it's about the defense. And I'm curious your perspective on the evolution because you know under Kirby Smart this into the, you know, the 09 era up through 12, where they had big burly defensive tackles and they were playing kind of an older game and then they evolve into this newer game. But then there's also been a couple of questions about this defense in the last couple of years. Do you, how would you describe the, the modern Alabama philosophy on defense? And do you think this unit has a chance to be as good as 2012, 2011, or is that just never going to be a part of college football anymore? I think, I think the game has changed so much. I, I kind of put it into eras like the Kirby Smart era at Alabama sort of encompassed what you were talking about. Look, the big Rolando McLean type middle linebackers, the big Dante Hightower, Courtney Upshaw guys. Um, and it, it sort of evolved when the game changed, realized that when you couldn't substitute as quickly, you're going to have to have lighter guys in there. Um, I, I, I tend to think, I my opinion, having covered the program so long, I, I think Jeremy Pruitt, his style of calling the defense was – at 2016, Alabama defense was elite. Um, his last year in 2017, they were the number one defense in the country. And then it, and then it fell off for three years. And then I don't know how much of that – like the fans like to blame Pete Golding for that. He's the defensive coordinator, so the buck stops with him. Um, but I think, you know, 17, 18 uh, – or 18, 19, 20, they got progressively worse every year. Last year, they were, they were back. They were great against the run. They were top 10 overall defense. And I think this year is going to be even better. So I, I think this is, has a chance to be the best Alabama defense since probably 2017. You, you mentioned the offensive line. I, I'm i not a huge believer in, in – although you did a great write-up, by the way. I'm not a huge believer in what takes place in spring games and spring practice. I think sort of the point, much like parenting, is just to show up every day and, and get work in and get reps and get better. But is the offensive line the biggest concern if you're an Alabama fan – when we talk about their goals, which is obviously a national championship. As it pertains to winning a championship. Yeah. It's the only thing I see outside of an injury to, you know, Bryce young or somebody key like that, that could, that could really hang them up. And you're right. They, they didn't put too much emphasis on the spring game. I mean, heck they had a running clock. They were bad weather. They were trying to get people, they were trying to get that game over with as quickly as possible. They, and there were some things working against the offensive line. They had two starters out. Amelia Kior was out. Darian Dalcourt, their starting center was out. And, and so they were shuffling guys around all, all over the offensive line. I think getting the offensive tackle position situated is, is the biggest concern. And they, they went out and added a Vanderbilt a transfer in, in Tyler Steen. Had some competition there. They got J.C. Latham. Um, so and, and there were things, in, as, you, as you probably saw in the spring game, that you wouldn't see in a normal game. Like they didn't give the tackles any help. There was no, no chipping for the running back or a tight end. They wanted to see what they could do. And they also had to go up against Will Anderson and Dallas Turner and Chris Braswell. And those guys are hellacious rushers. So 
they basically left them out on the island, so to speak. But I do think there has to be some significant improvement. Right tackle was a big issue for Alabama last year. And I know they made it to the national championship game, even had a fourth quarter lead in that game. But right tackle, especially if you go back and watch the Auburn game, it was dreadful. Um, so they got to get right tackle scored away. But, you know, Evan Neal, their starting left tackle from last year is gone. So I think the tackle position is, is certainly, um, I think, the biggest issue on this team going forward. When you look at the schedule and we see A&M elevating its roster sort of year over year over year, Georgia now with the national championship, we, we've seen Saban's teams lose in these big situations in the past, whether it's, you know, 14 to Ohio State or, you know, obviously this past year to Georgia. And then you got Clemson mixed in there as well, LSU. So we've seen these teams lose and they come back and they generally go scorched earth and like destroy everyone and go undefeated and it doesn't matter what's happening outside the world. But we've never seen assistance win and now we're seeing assistance win. But not just to me, what's interesting is it not it's not just this one off random backup quarterback who beat beat Alabama on the road in, in Zach Calzada. It's more these assistants have sort of used the process against Saban to sort of build a program. And that that's a different thing that we haven't seen in the SEC. Do you think that is other people gaining ground on Nick? Do you think it's just one off stuff? Do you think that's what he uses to destroy everyone this year? Like, what, what is your perspective of sort of how the growth around Saban in the SEC is, is, is taking place. Well, a lot of what you talked about happened last year, right? The, the, but he lost two assistants last year, the first time ever. Um, the loss at A&M uh, happened last year. And, and I'm not going to call it as I see it. Last year, Alabama had no business winning the SEC last year. They had no business being in a national championship game. That was not one of Nick Saban's better teams. And they almost won it. Um, <laughs> it took a last-second field goal at A&M to, to beat them. Um, they destroyed Georgia in the SEC championship game, and they had a lead yep. without Jamison Williams for most of that game in the fourth quarter against Georgia. So they, they're, they're catching up. Um, and I think Georgia is certainly right there. I mean, Herbie has recruited so well that it's hard not to put them there. A&M recruited well last year, and they're on the come up. And, yes, he beat Nick Saban, but he also lost four games last year. Um, so I need to see a little more consistency out of Texas a before I'm a big believer that they are – that they are sort of stealing the process. Like getting up for Alabama isn't hard. Like that, that's your biggest game on your schedule. It's what happened to those other four weeks you lost. Um, but I, I think Kirby is there and, and because Kirby has um, – Kirby's outplayed Nick Saban. That was the first time Kirby beat him. But Kirby's teams have outplayed Nick Saban. They've outplayed him in the, the 2018 SEC Championship game. They outplayed him in for nearly the entire 60 minutes into overtime of the National Championship game in 2017. So Kirby's there, and recruiting is there, and recruiting. Uh, Kirby understands the whole thing. Um, I'm still – I think Jimbo, obviously, he's been there, won a national championship. He recruits at an elite level. But Jimbo can build it. We haven't seen Jimbo sustain it. Jimbo won it in 2013 and then got back to the playoffs in 2014, and then it quickly disintegrated on Jimbo. So he can build it. I am still has questions whether or not he can maintain it. Yeah, and, and we'll see what – I think we all believe that Billy Napier has sort of the same parts and pieces and ideas and philosophy that Saban has. So I think he's going to be very successful and easier. Mario. Yeah. And Mario now. It, right. Man, yeah. Yeah. So. Well, no, you go back and look at that 15 coaching staff and you're just like, holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's quite ridiculous. Um, I, I, I don't know if you've been asked this before and I've, we've kind of talked about it on the show just sort of randomly and kind of offhand, but do you think because of the, the, he had the comments about the voting rights, you know, and back in West Virginia, he, he had the tornado incident, you know, when it came through, he became a huge part of the community, obviously, as, as most people did during that situation. He'd be, I joked about becoming a grandfather, but 
do you think we are seeing a different Nick Saban, like personality wise in the last couple of years? Yeah. And I think it's no bigger uh, proof of that than last year when he, he basically realized that he couldn't coach last year's teams very hard because they were, they were sort of mentally fragile. They were inexperienced. They were younger guys. So he was more positive forward facing to the media with that team than I've seen any team with this. Because I think he knew I can't coach these guys hard. And I, and I do wonder sort of where the game is right now, although I don't, I don't particularly think he concerns himself with the portal. I don't think he's going to change the way he coaches, scared that he's going to lose a guy to the portal. I think he just realized overall, for me to get the best out of this team, I have to be more positive. I tend to think that's going to revert this year because I think he's got excellent leadership. I think this is going to be a mentally more strong team. So I think he'll we'll see more sort of meltdowns from Nick, Nick Saban this year. <laughs> right. But I do think, look, I mean, he, he was very positive with the team last year. He was, I mean, he, I had to, you know, I had the infamy of having my baby in a press conference and he took that really well. He didn't scream at me, didn't yell at me. <laughs> I do think uh, the older age and him being a grandfather has softened him somewhat. What, what was his, uh, when you're sitting there and you see his eyes, notice the baby what what happens what's going through your head i was i was hoping is that you know because my wife had texted me i'm almost there i'm almost there and then i realized <laughs> too late my, my question's about to be popped up but i was hoping he would just ignore it like my biggest fear was that my son would start screaming and that that's annoying to everyone on the press conference nick saban is a little harder of hearing these days and he probably didn't need it wouldn't help a baby screaming so my, once we got through that i'm like okay he, i got the question out my hope was He'll just answer the question, and we'll move on. But he had some fun with it, and and uh, we went viral. <laughs> That's hey, listen. If there, there's worse things than going viral when you're a newborn, okay, it, it's you, you're starting the influencer career at an early age. It's it's <laughs> it's okay. So if if we're at eleven and a half wins, is this a team that is fifteen and 0, 16 and zero good? As twenty twenty was that good with that kind of weapons and the quarterback and the leadership and sort of the consistency? Is this team more? Like last year's team where it's really good, it's better than most everybody in college football, but needs a few things to go their way. Like where where do we – because, I mean, again, they're going to be preseason number one. They're the odds to pick to win the national championship by every voter. And, again, 11.5 is their win total in the regular season for, right. for Vegas. So wh wh where is the – is this team closer to 20 and 09 and these perfect teams, or is it closer to last year? I think it's close. I don't think it's a perfect team because Nick Saban's only had two of those. Um, and 2020 was just an exceptional team, just based on guys that came back that they didn't expect to come back, like Najee Harris and Devontae Smith and Alex Leatherwood. Um, I, I do think they'll lose a game somewhere, probably in the regular season, because I, I do think it's just so hard to go unbeaten in college football. Um, I mean, look how great Georgia – I mean, a generationally great Georgia defense. They slipped up once to Alabama. So I, yeah. I do think they'll slip up once. I think the only roster that – really competes with them as Ohio State. Um, but And I think they'll probably meet for a national championship. But um, just because it's it, it's so infrequently done, I think they'll probably lose a game somewhere in the regular yeah. season. And, and the I, I don't know about you. I mean, Auburn is Auburn. They're kind of a, a mess yeah. week in and week out, give or take. But, but, I mean, you look at the rest of this conference, and I, have I don't know about you, dude, but I've never seen a, an offseason where every single fan base is – sort of happy with their team yeah i've never i've never even heard of that in this conference and you look at arkansas and ole miss and mississippi i think mississippi state's really good i think lsu is going to be better like you look at the schedule for every team and it is i think it's tougher than this league's ever been maybe 
it's it's tough. And you mentioned what AM is is doing. Uh, LSU's got a new coach, but Arkansas has quietly put together a pretty solid roster. I mean, Tennessee probably, while they're not where they want to be, just their style of play and a hot quarterback can make them a really tricky game for a lot of people just because of the way they play. Old Miss and Lane Kiffin is always a, a wild card game, and we know what Georgia does, and then we don't really know what what Billy Napier is going to do with Anthony Richardson. I don't know what they have on defense coming back, but uh, the league seems to be in pretty good, healthy spot with at least the head coaches right now. Yeah, uh, happy, happy, happy fan bases in the SEC is a very strange. <laughs> it's a very strange feeling for me, which means I'm assuming there's going to be complete and utter chaos. So we'll, we'll see. Aaron, always a pleasure, man. We appreciate your time. Of course, check out uh, all of his writings, all of his scribings all over the athletic pay for good journalism, of course, on the Twitters as well. We appreciate it, man. Thank you. Thank you. That was Aaron Suttles of The Athletic here, uh, of course, hanging out, giving us an Alabama State of the Union. I asked him if he thought Nick Saban was ever going to retire, and he said, eh, probably not. <laughs> so uh, good luck, everybody else in the SEC yeah. trying, to, trying to catch up to Nick Saban. God Although he has, he has softened. Um, he has softened. And my favorite part of that interview was Aaron Suttles explaining why his baby was in the press conference with Nick Saban last season it's amazing <laughs> because his wife didn't get home didn't get back to the to, to collect the child prior to him asking a question of nick saban and i remember that last year nick saban not too happy about it hate I, to see it I, I come on nick loosen up dude it's a, it was a do? zoom pandemic world we were living in give me a break dude come on he's got a new baby give him a break come on pay he's for good journalism just... at the athletic follow aaron dugan where can it, people follow you aaron the aaron dugan on twitter and aaron underscore Aaron underscore Dugan on Instagram. Where should people go watch the show? YouTube. It's a delightful place. You should subscribe and watch the videos and let, let us know what you think. Engage, whether good or bad. Hopefully it's not bad. Um, my brother does a good job of putting those up there. So thanks, young Sean Dugan and Braden. Your handles, please, for the people. Uh, at Braden Gall, at Braden D. Gall, at 440 Sports, at 440 Media, all those places. And uh, I think you could read the same thing you just said about our YouTube page for Jaspers. I'm like, hey, wh what about Jaspers? And you're like, go check out all delightful. the fine. <laughs> it's a delightful place. <laughs> delightful place. Come and watch all the watch. YouTube videos. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so uh, tip your waitresses, follow us on the socials, go to the YouTube page. Check out Jasper's and all the other wonderful restaurants, of course, from Four Top Hospitality. Thank you guys for hanging out with us. Thanks to Aaron Suttles as well for hanging out with us. Check out The Athletic, as usual. Pay for great journalism. For Aaron Dugan, my name is Braden Gall. Until next week, we'll talk to you then. This has been Fringe Element here on the 440 Sports Network. Peace. Peace.